Welcome to the Wellness Marketer Podcast, a show dedicated to helping wellness professionals grow their business with easy and effective digital marketing strategies. I'm your host, Katie Costa, and I'm a nutritional scientist, entrepreneur, and digital marketing professional. And bringing business and science together is kind of my jam. Tune in for interviews with the industry's best, inspirational stories, and everything marketing. Thanks for joining me today. And this is the Wellness Marketer Podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Katie here and I am back with another episode of the Wellness Marketer Podcast. I am very excited to share with you the contents of today's episode. It's something that I have talked a little bit about before, but ultimately these are three of my favorite strategies for growing your health practice online. And these are going to take a while to unpack, so I hope that you stick with me because these seriously have the ability to change your entire business if you implement them. And if you're tuning in today, I just wanted to say thank you and thank you so much to everyone who has given me amazing feedback and who has tuned in thus far. Starting something new can definitely be scary, but you guys have been an amazing audience and I am just so grateful and I'm so excited to be here for today's episode. And I feel like I say that every time, so I'm trying to not. But anyways, it doesn't change the fact that I'm still super excited to be here. So without further ado, I'm going to dive right in. Strategy number one is probably something that you have heard again and again, and you may or may not roll your eyes at me, but I promise you that you need to do this if you want to start seeing results online. It's one of the easiest things to fix when it comes to your marketing. So like if you're finding that you're putting a ton of effort in and something is just not really clicking, this is often the first place that I will start. And that is defining your niche. Okay, please don't stop this podcast right now. <laughs> people say this all the time. They're like, oh yeah, define your niche so people will come, blah, blah, blah. But one how the heck do we do this? And two, how do you know that you're doing it right? It can be really scary to do something that seems like it's putting yourself and your business in a box. And I can see why that totally turns some people off. But what this is going to do is bring you so much clarity into what you should be doing online, where you should be doing it, and everything in between. So I don't want you to get this confused with turning people away. This absolutely does not mean that you cannot work with people just because they don't fit into this niche that you've defined for yourself or let's say your ideal client or your ideal patient. However, what it does do is it actually opens up the floodgates to people who are your ideal client. People ultimately want their problem solved and they're coming to you as a health expert or practitioner because they want to undergo some sort of transformation when it comes to their health and they believe that you can help them with a problem. And that's the point. They're coming to you for help with a specific problem. So that is already telling of how you can start to define your niche. What is the major problem that you tend to solve when it comes to your practice? And only you really know that best. You know, do you engage in weight loss? Is it about hormonal imbalances or learning how to get overeating disorders? You know, whatever that may be, there's likely going to be a common theme in the problem that you're seeing, whether it's intentional or not. But that's a really great place to start when defining your niche. And the key 
to doing this effectively. If this is the first time that you've tried to do this, or maybe you've done it before and got really frustrated, because I know if you just take to Google, sometimes a ton of things can pop up and it can be more, more, <laughs> it can be more overwhelming than it does good. So here are some of the key questions that I would ask you as a healthcare professional so you can ultimately define your niche a little bit better. So firstly, what area do you specialize in or what problem do you like to solve? And notice how I use the word like to solve and because a lot of people, especially I find, you know, in scientific fields, because we're educated, we tend to think that we can solve all of the problems. And while that may be true, it doesn't mean that you enjoy it. So why wouldn't you want to create a career in a practice that you thoroughly enjoy? Don't be afraid to pick something even if it's, I don't know, scary, yeah, to like what feels like closing off your business. But if you stick with me on this, I promise you will see so much positive change. It will be amazing. So what areas do you like treating or what health concerns do you enjoy working through with your patients or your clients? That's gonna be the first major thing to identify. And then is your ideal patient male or female? Does it matter? It doesn't necessarily matter, but if it matters to your practice and what you specialize in, then you should identify that. Do these patients fall within a five to 15 year age range? Do you like working with a certain generation? Is it millennials? Is it Gen X? Again, not necessarily crucial, but it's something to define if you notice that you tend to work with people in a similar age range. Where do they live? This is going to be more important if you are running a brick and mortar practice. However, if you are not, then you are obviously opened up to the world a little bit. But that doesn't mean that you can't have geographical preferences is the word I want to say. So let's say maybe your ideal patient or client lives in a big city. Maybe they don't. Maybe they like to live in the country or maybe they vacation down south or they have a vacation home in Florida. Like these are all little things that you can tie to geography. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you can or can't see people, but the whole point of defining your niche is really understanding the person that you are trying to reach or the person that you are trying to serve. Because ultimately, the better that you understand that person, the better marketing messages that you can create, and then the more they're going to resonate with you and your brand. So you are going to end up serving way more people. And keep in mind, these are the people that you actually want to be serving when you dial down on your niche. Because the way that you would talk to me as a millennial female who's already educated in health and wellness, who is very self-aware, and you know, I live in Canada, maybe that has something to do, you know, with whatever your practice is. But if you think about the way that you would talk to me, and if you're someone who's like me, let's say you're also another um, millennial woman, it would probably be very different than how you would talk to a 50-year-old man who has never invested in his health before. And that really is the root of what we are trying to do here. Another identifying thing or major identifying thing can be what are the major health concerns or symptoms that this that this person is dealing with. And where you want to work this then into is into what you talk about online and understanding their pain points or their problem. So that's the other major area that really 
is beneficial when defining your niche. It's what are they struggling with? Because again, coming back to the idea that they want to use your products or services to really help them with a problem. If you don't understand the problem, then you won't be able to reach them or they won't know that you can help them because you're never talking about it. And something that is so, so important, and it is a massive mistake that I find extremely educated people make, especially in science fields, is that we are using terminology that our ideal client is not using. We are going for the technical term, we are addressing the diagnosis, and we are talking about the cures and the remedies before that person even knows they have the problem that you are talking about because it's unrelatable. I'm going to give you a real world example here. Anxiety is super prevalent today. So let's take an example about anxiety. So let's say that I am suffering from generalized anxiety disorder, but I have never been formally diagnosed. So the way that this shows up for me is I wake up with a racing heart and a racing mind and my palms are sweaty and I'm overthinking everything and whenever I feel overwhelmed, I tend to lash out at people and, you know, this huge list of symptoms of anxiety. But I have no idea that I have generalized anxiety disorder. If you are a naturopathic doctor that works with people on mental health issues, then and you go and start posting about GAD and like serotonin receptors and all of these different things about how you can cure your GAD or work with all these different supplements and blah de blah I that is going right over my head because I have no idea that I have that. So you have to really meet your audience where they're at in their journey. And that is likely not going to be the place that you are right now. So that looks like doing your research, seeing what people are talking about. If you have an existing practice, you will likely have someone or a group of patients that you can chat with to better understand their problems and the language that they're using. I do this all the time in my own business when I am struggling to write, let's say, a sales page or an advertisement. I will straight up ask one of my clients if I can get on the phone with them and run them through a couple of scenarios and just to understand the words that they're using when they talk about it. And this is so, so powerful. You want to hear firsthand from your ideal client or patient how they talk about the issues that they're having, how it makes them feel, what keeps them up at night, all of these things that can really, that will really just shift the focus in the way that you position yourself online. And that's the other thing. You don't want to position it or anything. Like this could just be as simple as social media posts, email, your website copy, whatever marketing that you've already put out there. I want you to reevaluate it and be honest with yourself. Has it been about you or is it about them? Because so many of us, especially if you're a solopreneur and you are the business, everything that represents your business and especially the marketing tends to be about you unless you're very aware of this. So you need to go through your last few social media posts, go through the last marketing email you sent and go through your website copy and you let me know, are you talking about yourself or are you talking about how you can transform someone's life? Because that's what they're looking for. 
people are selfish and not in a negative way, we were programmed that way to survive. So from, you know, if we go back however far, like when the humans were evolving, we had to focus like to focus on ourselves and care about ourselves more than anything in order to stay alive, you know, with the exception being the maternal instinct when you have a baby and then that becomes the most important thing. But fundamentally, we are meant to, we are designed and programmed to care about ourselves and not give a crap about anyone else until it comes after us. So especially I find in the health and wellness space, because you are solving a problem and it's like a vulnerable problem, right? Like an issue with your health and well-being, like that's a personal thing. And that's not something that your people are going to be just like often out there and blabbing about. So you need to take the time to really understand the vernacular of what people are saying and how they're feeling about what's going on with themselves. And then you need to position yourself in a way that shows that you not only care about them, but that you can heal them and you can help them and you can transform their life because that is what it's about. They want to know that you can solve their problem. And the better that you understand your ideal client, what they want, their hopes, their dreams, their fears, and you know where they like to go on vacation, then you will position yourself so much better and they will feel drawn to you. It will be magnetic. And there are so many other things that you know go into writing good copy and being persuasive in sales tactics online, but fundamentally understanding who you're trying to serve and serving them well, that will be, oh my God, it's mind-blowing. Like it will change absolutely everything for you. Strategy number two is share a case study. I know that this might be a little bit of a gray zone for my doctors in the room. If you're a naturopathic doctor, you're going to have to use your regional college guidelines to really gauge this one. I know in Ontario that case studies are a bit of a gray area, but there is a way around them, especially if you are not being too testimonially or um, promotional in any way and obviously not breaking, breaking any client or patient confidentiality. So case studies are such powerful tools because they really take an individual through the transformational process. And again, that transformation is really what they're seeking when they want to work with you as a health professional. So they can share research about a health condition, uh, treatment details, and the outcome. And usually you would, well, definitely you would want to highlight a situation where you worked with a specific client or patient that had an extremely favorable outcome and to give you an extra 10 points, you would want to make sure that case study is in your desired niche. So with your ideal patient and your ideal indication, sharing a transformational story where you were able to change someone else's life. This can be shared in so many ways. I know some people share case studies within like an email marketing sequence or on a website as a free download. But what you can also do, which I think is great, is just share them on social media in bite-sized chunks. So I'm going to back up a minute here in case you didn't catch what I meant about the naturopathic doctors and colleges and all of that jazz. So my nutritionist friends and health coaches and consultants, you guys don't have as many rules as our naturopathic doctor friends in terms of advertising and promotion. And now NDs, they can't share testimonials at least in Ontario. So this becomes really tricky in terms of 
how the heck do you convey to people that you know what you're doing and that people love to work with you? Reviews have been a solid marketing tactic since like the beginning of time. So this is definitely a way to like overcome what I see like is an obstacle for naturopaths in particular when it comes to marketing their practice and how freaking awesome they are. So you can share this on social media within a post. So this could be a little bit of a long of a longer winded post taking you through the process of you know patient X and they were struggling with this and this is a rough outline of the protocol that we did. How much of that that you want to share is definitely up to you, but then ultimately focusing on the desired outcome that is going to be fundamentally key. Again, this is what they are investing in and this is what they are really interested in. And I want to hammer that home because although the practitioner is really important in this case, if you can't convince them that you can help them with their problem, it doesn't matter how much they like you. And especially in instances where your services are not going to be covered by extended healthcare plans, these people are paying out of pocket. And especially if this is a something that's going to be like a longer term protocol and it involves expensive supplements, this is a major decision for them to make. So you really need to highlight the outcome if you are going to share a case study. And Instagram stories in particular are another amazing way to share these because as soon as you pair a really powerful story with video, you're just going to like compound the effect. So not only will they be hearing the story firsthand from yourself, but they can like see your emotion and your enthusiasm as you're telling it. And that's just going to make the whole thing that much more engaging and they'll be much more likely to convert. And the only thing here that I would say is if you're going to be sharing a case study on social media, link it back to some sort of call to action. You don't necessarily have a way to follow up with them as easily as like, let's say an email. If you had just sent a case study in an email one week, you still have everyone's contact information the next time if you want to deliver a call to action about a service. But if you're going to be doing this on Instagram stories or the posts, you're going to want to wrap it up with something that tells them what to do next great way on Instagram stories is to plug in a question box on like your last slide. So you'll finish up everything that you have to say about why you are so awesome at healing this person. And then you're going to say, if you have a, like, do you have a health concern that's similar to this? Or are you struggling with symptom Y or condition Z? let me know, like drop a, drop an emoji in here or something. You know what I mean? Like in just one of those question stickers that you put on your Instagram stories, because then you're starting the conversation. And this goes back to making the ask and really not being afraid to just tell people what to do for lack of a better word. And sorry, I don't know if I've spoken about making the ask I'm doing air quotes like you can see me, but I'm not sure if I've spoken about making the ask on my podcast yet or if it's just been on my Instagram. Um, But making the ask, if you don't ask people for the sale, you are not going to get the sale. There's going to be some odd people who float in through foot traffic and referrals and all of that jazz. But if you really want to make a big impact, then you need to get over the fear of asking people to work with you asking people to join your list, asking people to inquire about your services because for the most part, humans need direction. And when you when you ask them to do something, 
they might not do it, but subconsciously we will always contemplate it because you have to process the question and then you have to figure out if you're going to answer yes or no. And sometimes you're going to, you know, they're going to answer yes. It's like, you know, you fail 100% of the shots you don't take. Like that shit is true, guys. So anyways, share a really powerful case study, something that shows some sort of emotion. That would be amazing. Again, it just compounds the effects of it. And then wrap that all up with a call to action. And usually that'll be about their pain point. Again, bringing it back to them. If they've experienced that and they want to chat of how they can achieve the same outcome as Joe Blow or whatever, then they should contact you and they should work with you or do a free consultation or download this or whatever it is, but get them to start taking action on the things that you're talking about. Because that is how you are going to make more sales and land more clients and grow your practice. Today's episode of the Wellness Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Flowdesk. Did you know a message is five times more likely to be seen in an email than on Facebook? Email marketing is not dead people. But for myself, I want an email platform that is as beautiful as it is powerful. That's why I love Flowdesk. It has a simple drag and drop interface, the most gorgeous templates I've ever seen, plus all of the automation capabilities that you'd expect from an email provider. And the best part is, TWM podcast listeners get 50% off for life. That's $19 US per month with unlimited emails and unlimited subscribers. Visit flowdesk.com slash C slash The Wellness Marketer to lock that deal in. Again, that's F-L-O-D-E-S-K dot com slash C slash The Wellness Marketer. Okay, now back to today's episode. And now my last strategy is probably going to be the one that takes the most effort, but I promise you it's going to be the one that has the most impact and that is promoting a free resource and then inviting them to visit you. Yes, folks, I am talking about email list growing tactics because this is ultimately the way that you are going to generate leads from your practice without ripping your hair out and, you know, watching them trickle in like a dried up stream on some days. That's what it feels like. I know. But if you set this marketing machine up and you get her going, I promise you there will never be a shortage of leads coming into your business again. So free resources have been an effective way to like position you as an expert, grow your list and generate leads for your business since like the beginning of time. And email marketing still has some of the highest ROI, if not the highest return on investment when it comes to marketing in 2019 more so than social, more so than Facebook ads, like more so than literally anything. (laughs) Email marketing is still where it is at. So how do you get started? I'm sure you've opted in to tens, if not hundreds of email lists over your lifetime. Any place that you trade your name and email for something of value, such as a free resource or a coupon or a download or a cheat sheet, Those are all considered lead magnets for your email list. And you should absolutely have one for your practice. So where do we even start? Firstly, you need to decide the topic of your resource. Usually this will be related to the area of your expertise or where you want to see more patients in your practice. 
coming back to your niche? Do you see how this like all kind of flows together now? These are like three strategies, but really one big massive strategy, which is really a holistic marketing strategy and the essence of what I do. However, back to the free resource. So you want to tie this free resource to your desired outcome. And if that is getting someone new into your practice and for a specific indication, if you are looking to grow your practice in a specific area that relates to your niche or your ideal client, then you're going to want your free resource to be something about that about how you can solve their problem or something of a value add, but really it should be tied to the service that you want them to pay for at the end of the day because this is essentially priming them and qualifying them as a lead. So you can have like just a regular lead, which is someone who like you don't know if they're interested or not or whatever that may be. Like let's say just someone who visits your website. You don't know who that person is, but a qualified lead is someone who is has already jumped through a hoop of sorts, if you will, and they are, for the lack of a better word, already qualified to be a lead for your business. It's kind of like a good lead. Like if you think of just like a general lead, like again, someone, random person on your website, Versus someone who has already, let's say, contacted you, contacted you with interest in a specific area and they're like, and I really need to work with a naturopathic doctor. That is going to be a qualified lead. And that's exactly what a free resource does for you. So therefore, it makes sense that you would want to create a resource around the thing that you're trying to sell because you want them to download that because it proves that they're interested in what you have to offer later down the road. And this is also a great strategy for increasing conversions. I mean, like my mama always said, work smart, not hard. So why the heck would you want to cast the fishnet so wide that you catch everyone just for like 80% of them to not even fit the bill that you're trying to do or that you're, you know, trying to sell, I guess, if that analogy even makes sense. That was like three analogies in one. But regardless, I know you know what I'm saying. So step number one is to figure out what the heck you want your resource to be. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. This should provide a quick win for your reader. You don't want it to be some sort of lengthy ebook. You don't want it to be something that they are going to take like six months to see results on because it's free, first of all. So their interest, in all honesty, is going to be limited as James Wedmore has said a million times, I'm not sure if this is like his original quote or not, but he's like a great business mentor, guru, online marketing wizard kind of guy. He has a great podcast called the Mind Your Business Podcast, and I would definitely recommend checking it out if you love to nerd out over all things business and spirituality, but this is not an ad for James Wedmore. Where I was going with this is that the action is in the transaction, and people unfortunately are not going to take your resource that seriously because it's free. And I mean, I'm just spilling the truth right now because people will spend so much money, not necessarily money, but so much time, sometimes money if you're paying someone to design it or, you know, like consult on it. But like, it's not that serious. This is just something that should be flashy, that it should definitely be useful. Do not get me wrong. Um, But it should provide a quick win for your ideal patient or client. So this could be something like a three-day meal plan or your favorite supplement protocol for adrenal fatigue or six things to cut out from your diet if you want to reduce bloating. 
you know, things like that. And because I'm sure you have seen this before, if you're listening to my podcast online, then you have definitely scrolled through Facebook and been bombarded with Facebook ads that you're like, how did you even know that I wanted this? Can you hear me when I'm sleeping or dreaming? Like, I don't know. It's scary. But anyways, you've seen this all the time. So think about what you would click on and what you would download and be honest with yourself and then go from there. But really, it should provide a quick win. It should be relevant to the service that you're trying to sell in the long run. And don't invest too much of your life on it. Make it a good offer, but don't get hung up on it. Done is absolutely better than perfect. So the next thing that you need to do is figure out how you're going to deliver this. So once you have this all you know, packaged up in a neat little format, like a little PDF of sorts, then you're going to have to get it to people. Now, you can use any email provider. Any email provider really will do this. I really am enjoying Flowdesk right now. It has great automation. It's affordable. You can also get 50% off of the program as well for life using my... um, my little affiliate code there. Disclaimer, I do receive a small commission for any um, new members joined, but I don't promote and I won't be promoting anything on this podcast that I don't use or find super helpful. So by supporting uh, Flowdesk through my link, you're also supporting me and this podcast. So thank you so much if you choose to do that, but no problem if not. MailChimp is also free, although I can't say that I love the functionality. And then ConvertKit is also another great and really popular option, which I I'm familiar with and vet for anyone um, looking for an email provider as well. But Flowdesk makes really pretty emails, which I just like can't look away from. So if you have an aesthetic brand, I would highly, highly recommend using Flowdesk. But regardless, you're going to want to set something up like a form or a landing page. A landing page is probably easiest, so you don't have to go in and um, and put it in onto your website. But you can set it up so that someone signs up for a specific form on a landing page and it should automatically trigger an email where your freebie is attached within the email. If you don't know how to do that, it's going to depend on whatever email provider that you are working with. However, YouTube, my friends, is a beautiful thing. The amount of things that I have learned on YouTube for free is ridiculous. So I don't want anyone using the excuse that they don't know how to do this for why they don't have a freebie out there and growing their email list. So it should be delivered immediately after they hit download. And then if you want to get like advanced, then we can start chatting about how to create like an email sequence and put an automatic emails in there. But for now, all that you need to do to grow your practice online is get people downloading that puppy. And there is so many ways that you can drive traffic to that resource. I would definitely put that link, the link to the landing page, you know, into your Instagram bio or your favorite social media platform of choice. But you, um, or like, you know, put it into your link tree or something if you have more than one link that you want to be sharing. But regardless, now that you have this resource, you need to share it places and you need to be talking about it. So that can look like mentioning it on Instagram stories, putting it in your link and putting a little bit line in your bio, like download my free five-day meal plan here. You can create Instagram posts about it. You can do videos and like make that be the call to action. You can, you know, if you have a in-person practice, 
you can have a little, I guess that kind of defeats the purpose because they're already working with you. But if you wanted to grow your tribe online or grow your email list for other marketing purposes, then you could also have like a little, a little postcard style marketing material or something that directs people to there. You can plug it on a podcast or in a blog post or you can run a Facebook ad towards it. There is literally so many ways that you can drive traffic to this page, but ultimately you need to get that set up and then drive traffic to it. And it doesn't have to grow, like I said in the beginning, to 500,000 people for this to be effective. I'm sure you could be generating two to three leads a week and you would be like, this is bomb. So essentially what you want to happen is that after the freebie gets delivered, maybe after a day or two, you're going to want to follow up with that lead individually. Again, this will depend on the type of business or practice that you're trying to grow, but if you're just running a conventional practice and you want to enlist people into your services, kind of ongoing or a program, there is nothing wrong with just following up with each person one-on-one, asking them more about what they're struggling with, see how you can help them, and see if they'd be interested in jumping on like a free 15-minute consultation phone call or something or other. I am bashing the myth right now that you need to have some sort of complex email sales funnel set up for you to use email marketing. Who is giving you permission to do this right now? You are. You do not have to do anything just because some internet gurus make you feel like shit for not having something in place. That is bullshit and I'm calling it now. So to recap, This is a little bit of a long one, but I'm telling you, this is going to be amazing for you and the lead gen is going to be even better. So you need to decide what your free resource is going to be about, type that baby up, design it, make it all cute because we love cute things, then you're going to download it, save it. Little Another little tip here, save it with your business name in the document title because it's like free real estate, right? Like you want them to download it and then if they like lose it in their downloads, be able to search, for example, the wellness marketer and that thing should pop right back up. Then, you know, make sure that you have a email provider set up and that all of your tech is working properly. I highly suggest that you go and test it out for yourself after you set it up just to make sure that you receive the delivery email and the document is linked properly before you advertise it anywhere. And then once people start advertising it, follow up with them. Let them know that, um, let them know about your services, but what you do and get them talking about themselves. Again, people love themselves like we are we are innately selfish and that's totally okay but if you get people chatting about them that's how you are going to better understand your ideal patient but even down to that one person if you get them talking about their main pain points and what they need help with that can guide how you respond to them and you can really talk to them on their level and share all of the ways that you can help those specific problems as opposed to just diving into your background or what you usually do for, you know, your existing patients. It's really about tailoring it to the specific individual and guiding them through this journey of discovering what transformation they even need to go on first and then taking them through that. And then good service will do the rest. So speaking of free resources, if you are interested in diving more into these topics and you also would like 
some question prompts and little places to write all of your ideas out. This episode is actually available in a free download called Three Marketing Strategies to Grow Your Practice on Instagram. And I will link that for you in the show notes, but it's just a little 10-page document. It goes through these three strategies and you can like work through this and write your own case study with my question prompts, decide what your niche should be, and take all of my other action items and little tips about promoting a free resource and generating leads online. So again, I will link that for you in the show notes because it's like some of my random like ConvertKit email links because I don't have WordPress and I don't have it synced up so that I can have my custom URL and be fancy. But anyways, it's a perfect example of done is better than perfect. So I will link that for you. Go check it out if you think you need some extra help and just to like see all this on paper to really process this and implement it. But please implement it. I promise you, if you take the time and do the work, this will work for you and this will help you grow your practice online pretty cost effectively, I must add. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in today. I cannot wait to share the next few episodes with you. I have some amazing, amazing interviews lined up, some of which have already been recorded from real ass people who have already done this and I just can't wait to share their wisdom with you. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Your support truly means the world to me. If you liked today's episode, subscribe, send it to a friend, or share it on social media. While you're there, you can find me at The Wellness Marketer on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Although Instagram is my vice of choice. I'm your host, Katie Costa, and thanks again for supporting the TWM podcast. Until next time.